Welcome to Decorating Tips and Tricks. I am Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is episode 320, Victoriana, Painting a Fireplace, and more. We've got a lot of things coming at you today. And before we get started, we want to remind you to sign up for the Decorating Tips and Tricks email. We're going to be sending out a an occasional email with extra content uh, and brand discounts and other interesting things that we think you all might enjoy. So get on the email list so you don't miss out. The link will be in the show notes. And as always, you can find the show notes for this episode at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 320. So Kelly, if you were walking in an airport and you heard two people talking and let's say one said to the other one, that's so Victorian. Like, what would you think that person meant by that? Oh, uh, maybe that it was sort of old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would think. Now, we're not talking about your house. Uh, you, when you hear someone say that's so Victorian, <laughs> yes. you don't think that I don't assume they're talking about a Victorian style furniture or clothing or a house. I think that they mean... It's frumpy, it's outdated, it's maybe a little over the top, but really kind of out of step with today is what I would say somebody means when they say that's so Victorian. But the irony there is so many traditions that the Victorians started are so much a part of our daily lives now. And so many of these things were actually started by Victoria and Albert, Um some were started by other people around the same time, but it's amazing how so much changed around that time. She had a long reign, uh, I think 63 years, something like that. So it's over a long span of period of time. Plus, you know, they just didn't have as many celebrities then as they do now. So, Oh, yeah. She was the celebrity, she, right? Yeah. She was like the Kardashians rolled into <laughs> Taylor Swift, rolled into, you know, I don't know, everyone. I can't even think of everybody. Beyonce. Yes. Um, I'm so glad we're doing this episode because I think it's so interesting. Well, you know, I love the backstory of everything and I love the history of everything. And I do dearly love watching Victoria and Albert and learning, even though it's, you know, obviously um, a dramatization of their mm-hmm. life. And she right. is very, very, very beautiful to look at. And I'm not sure that Victoria was... The actresses, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. I'm not uh-huh, sure that uh-huh. the actual Victoria looked like mm-hmm. that, but I mean, who could? She's so stunning. But I just so enjoyed the show and I love the history of it and all the different players from her prime ministers and all of that. And... um Lord and- M., yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And all that we've talked about, and of course, living in a Victorian uh, era home is kind of, uh, you know, it makes it even more of interest to me. But we've referenced this and doing this show for a long time. So I'm mm-hmm. so glad we got the time to do it. Right. So uh, are you ready to dive in? I am. Well, I think one of the things that they are so much known for more than anything else is how they've impacted Christmas. And what people don't realize is that for about 200 years before that the Puritan government in the, uh, in the UK banned Christmas as being too pagan. People were getting drunk. It was not considered a religious holiday and they decided that it was no longer a good thing to celebrate. So it really wasn't even mentioned much in the newspapers or anything. It was just not. It wasn't something that people, uh, businesses did not, it was not considered a holiday where people took off work for the day. 
And there just wasn't really anything associated with it. But they made it a celebration. I mean, they were really, both of them, uh, Victoria and Albert, were German. And Albert brought with him many of these German traditions. And there were some pictures drawn of them with these traditions. And then they became so widespread. And, And I'm starting with the Christmas because I think these are the best known things associated with Victoria and Albert. They loved to give each other presents. So gift giving became really a big part of Christmas. Uh, also Christmas caroling, they didn't invent it, but the Victorians revived the whole idea of singing Christmas carols and going caroling, you know, from house to house singing. And then the Christmas tree also was the not Talon popular. Bomb. Right, was not popular in England until they brought it. And Prince Albert brought that, and then, you know, they decorated it with ornaments and the um, and the candles on there. See, so if it wasn't for Albert, there would be none of these crazed blog tours where people have five and seven trees all over their house. Mm-hmm. There would be no um, balsam hill. <laughs> there would be none of this. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, but also like the greenery, people didn't put the greenery in their homes. I mean, it was, I think that was an old, old tradition, but it had kind of fallen out of favor. So this kind of brought Christmas back into being popular. Uh, they also, Victorians, not necessarily Victorian Albert, but the Victorians, as this uh, trend with Christmas being celebrated, started also including St. Nicholas as part of, um, you know, that started coming back into popularity. You hearing about St. Nicholas. Pictures of him were popular. Christmas cards, for the first time, these really became inexpensive. And somebody came up with the idea of creating a card that said Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas. And so the um, the uh, tradition of sending Christmas cards started around this time as well. And then if you think back, Chris, uh, Charles Dickens came out with A Christmas Carol in 1848. And this is when the whole idea of charitable giving around Christmas time started to become a thing. So interesting. And you know, what I was reading about it too, it's a, romanticism was really on the rise during her reign. And it's really because they had an actual love story. I mean, so many of the other monarchs or would-be monarchs were had arranged marriages and things really were not as happy on the home front. Mm-hmm. But they were truly, truly in love from what you read. Mm-hmm. And so- they wanted to give gifts to each other. They thought of special things to do for themselves, for each other and their family. So it sprung out of their love for each other that I think so many of these things caught on because then the pe- the people would see them doing it and then they would want to emulate it, whether it be putting up a Christmas tree or giving a, a present or sending out cards. And it was just a wonderful thing. Well, and before her... Uh, the monarchs had been older, you know, kings. And, you know, so she was seen as this fresh, young girl coming into reign. And there was just an excitement, I think, with people that uh, there was just this whole new monarchy coming into existence. I mean, suddenly it's a woman and she's young. She was only 18. Right. So, I mean, it was really, and I think you're, cluing into something here that they really did uh, fall in love and she they did not expect her to ask him to marry her and actually she did ask him because i think she had the higher rank they people expected her to marry his older brother but she fell in love with albert 
So she married him and they really did seem to have a real love. And Albert was very, um, very much a family man. He was very um, religious from what I understand or religious. I don't know. I'm not sure I heard he was religious, but he was very uh, concerned about family and, you know, uh, doing the right thing. And he uh, he was very all about uh, spending time with your family. He was very family oriented. And this is kind of when people started thinking of Christmas as being a time to spend a Christmas with your family. Before, like I said, it was kind of it wasn't really nothing was done or if anything was done, people would just go get drunk. But around this time, people said, oh, it's Christmas. We've got to go stay with grandma. We've got to go visit mm-hmm. with our family and have some time together as a family. Right. Because again, they were emulating them. And also a, a childhood came, <laughs> the actual idea of childhood as we know it now came into mm-hmm. sort of, you know existence during the Victorian era. Because before kids were all sent to, to work, even if you didn't need to to be bringing in money for your family, it was seen to sort of an idea to keep kids out of, you know, away mm-hmm. from, you know, getting up to no good or keeping them away from evil and this and that. And here the Victorians really changed that and it became more that the children would have scholarly pursuits and, you know, go to school or have a tutor and they weren't necessarily sent right to work. So again, that's mm-hmm. Albert and his whole idea of the family. Well, what about the portrait that they did of the pets? They had a portrait artist who who they had on uh, on speed dial basically to do <laughs> to do their pet portraits. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. E I E O S was apparently their favorite greyhound or Albert's favorite greyhound, and they started with that oh, uh, dog, gosh. and then they he he also uh, drew some paintings of some other other pets. But let's talk too about their wedding yeah. because it's not just Christmas. I mean, that's what people think about is that it, because of the Christmas tree and, you know, Albert kind of popularizing that. But Victoria, you know, at the time people could not really afford, I mean, this is during this time, most people did not have much of a wardrobe. And that's why these houses like yours built around that time, Kelly, don't have much of a closet because people did not have a wardrobe like they do now. So uh, when people got married, they usually just wore their best dress. Uh, obviously, a queen like Queen Victoria could afford whatever she wanted, but she wanted to be married in a white dress. And here's what changed. There were all these pictures, uh, not photographs, but paintings done of her or drawings of her wearing this white dress. And when that got out, everyone wanted the white dress. There was a little bit more disposable income around this time because of the Industrial Revolution. And it just caught fire. And then all the brides wanted to wear white for their wedding. That's so interesting. Right. And And how she, in fact, I love, and I'm thinking back the way you started this episode by asking me that question. It's so true. You know, you think kind of like, oh, old fashioned, stodgy, blah, blah. But no, she's influencing uh, everybody today, every bride today, everybody who celebrates Christmas, everybody who gives a Valentine card mm -hmm. and Easter candy Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. celebrates Halloween as well. Well, what about, you know how the unwritten rule, you don't show up at, what color are you not supposed to wear if you go to a wedding? A white. White. Well, she started that tradition mm-hmm. because actually what she said was to the guests is that she, no one was allowed to wear white unless they were part of the bridal party. So I, I gather her bridesmaids were wearing white, but no one else was supposed to wear white. And from then on, 
that has taken off to be part of something people expect, that none of the female guests will wear white. They also had a topper on their cake of a bride and groom, ah. which was, uh, they started that tradition. And I don't know if people still do it, but I know when we got married, there was a bride and groom, little plastic bride and groom so on top cute. of the cake. Oh, I love the vintage ones that you could find of those. I don't think people so do dark. those anymore, but, you know, they were, it was popular for a long, long time. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know what else she did was uh, Albert gave her a wedding, an engagement ring, which was not popular before then. Oh, wow, that too? Yes, I, I know. Well, in the whole thing, they loved to give each other gifts. Yeah. And plus they could afford it. Let's face it. But the, but people saw them doing that, and then mm-hmm. that became the popular thing to do. And then so everybody started, you know, that became a thing to buy your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or wife little tokens of your affection. Wow. That's so sweet. It really is. They do, I mean, so, you know, maybe what we're seeing and the show that we're, you know, most people that are listening may be enjoying as well. Maybe, you know, a lot of it is really based in truth and just their relationship was really, a, you know, an honest, loving relationship rather than just, you know, one of convenience or uh, political strategy. Well, I think, yeah. And, and Albert, I think, was really the family focused one. I don't gather that she, I don't think she liked being a mother so much. Uh, I think she had a lot of postpartum depression based on what I've read and in, in, in you know, watching the the show, which of course, some of that is based on truth, um, but not everything in the Victorian Albert, uh, you know, TV show that's out right now. But it's, it's uh, from what I've read, she was not too crazy about um, having all the babies and she was not into nursing them. So they did have a wet nurse. So our uh, listener, Lisa D, Lisa is just such a fabulous friend of uh, Decorating Tips and Tricks. We love getting her emails. And mm-hmm. she had heard that we were talking about doing a, a segment of an episode about uh, Victoriana and how it's continuing today, all these uh, various mm-hmm. traditions. And so she emailed us the other day to let us know that she'd been listening to a class on Audible. So if anybody's on Audible, and I know we had uh, Audible as a sponsor once, so maybe some of you had signed up then or you're an Audible member on your own, but she listened to Victorian Britain and Lisa uh, could not speak highly, uh, more highly of this class. And I guess she said it's like $12 or something like that. And she was really enjoying it. And um, but this was just last night, so I didn't get a chance to check it out yet, but there's a recommendation for one of our other listeners uh, for all of you guys. So I can put the link to that in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, we could go on and on, but I think that that really gets the point across of just how much Victoria and Albert uh, affected just common culture and how many of those effects are still there today. So when you hear that term, oh, that's so Victorian, you know, just think about all these things that are part of our lives today that are so Victorian. Right. And and then so closely impact our home decor. I mean, you know, countless uh, magazines and blogs and books about Christmas and Christmas decorations and how to decorate your Christmas tree. And then even venturing into the other holidays, you know, Easter, Halloween, Valentine's Day, they, they... 
participated in all these different holidays and made it so visible to the people of England at that time that it's caught fire. And here we all are today, you know, hiding our eggs and putting up our trees and uh, celebrating Halloween with parties. And it's really wonderful. I think it's so, I think it's just so lovely that out of their romance came so many nice traditions that we all get to enjoy. Mm -hmm. years and years later. Well, and I think it's like so many things, so many of, I mean, the Victorians had some bizarre traditions also. Uh, So I think it's kind of take the ones you like and, uh, you know, the ones that don't make sense for you, uh, don't just ignore those. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. So we're going to slide on to, ha, 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 I'm making a pun because we're going to slide on to my crush, which are my furry slides that I bought from Cactus Lounge Boutique (laughs) yesterday. Um, Cactus Lounge Boutique, as you all know, has been a sponsor of Decorating Tips and Tricks. We absolutely love uh, everything that Alyssa's got over there in her shop and Yesterday, one of our other listeners, um, Susan D., Susan emailed me, what was that sweater that you guys talked about? So we were emailing back and forth. And so I popped on to Cactus Lounge Boutique Mm -hmm. to get the link for Susan to email it over to her. And I was like, oh, what did my wondering eyes did appear but these furry (laughs) slides that I could use for, what do you call them, Anita? Inside shoes? House shoes. House I'll stop shoes. it like it's some weird term. No, no. I wasn't sure if it was inside shoes or house shoes. Okay, house inside shoes, my shoes. Dear. House shoes. So I've been, ever since we talked about that, I wanted a pair of house shoes, not slippers. You wear it with your duster. I'm going to wear my duster. <laughs> and when you come to the door, I have my duster on and my house shoes. No, my, these are fabulous. I'm going to wear them with I love everything. my house shoes. <laughs> Well, I might have to take these shoes outside of the house because they're so cute. So anyway, I will put the link to to Alyssa's uh, shop and those shoes in the show notes. But that is definitely my crush for today. They are furry on the inside and they look like a Gucci loafer on the outside. So, I mean, what a combo. I saw them. They're really cute. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm hungry again today. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always good. I don't know why I'm saying, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Well, I've just realized one of my favorite snack items. I'm not sure I've ever said what it is. The cheese crunchies at Trader Joe's. Are you addicted to those like we are? No, I don't think I've ever had a cheese crunchie. The baked ones? I don't think I have. Oh, oh, Kelly. I mean, just fill. I mean, if you're going to buy them, though, just fill the whole cart, Will, with the the bags because you're going to need them. Then I'm just going to only be able to wear a duster. (laughs) You'll only be able to. That's right. They're really, they're quite tasty, but they're baked. So they're not. They're baked. Oh, so they don't even count. They're baked. They don't count. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Are they gluten free? Yes. They're cheese. They're Cheeto things. You know, they're like cheese, you know. Okay. They're, you know, yeah. All right. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. I I mean, they're, I don't know. I hope they don't have any bad dyes in them or anything. I'm just going to assume they don't. Oh, okay. Point. Just, yeah, pretend they it don't. It will be yeah. very crushing for me if I find out they have bad stuff in them. That oh, will be no, the don't look. Just enjoy them. You're allowed no, no, to have no. something that you enjoy. They're so good. good. For you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to talk about so good. So we wanted to give a shout out to our listener, Donna C. Okay, Donna hit it out of the park. Well, she's been living it with it being hit out of the park. 
she had listened to our complimentary colors episode and then emailed us with a lovely little paragraph about how she enjoyed the episode and that she's been using complimentary colors, particularly red and green for years in varying shades from even a red that like tones almost to a rosy pink and to a chartreuse, limey green, all different uh, tonalities of the red and green, not your Christmas colors, right? And she sent us, what, maybe five five photos, four or five photos. Anita mm-hmm. and I were completely blown away. So Donna, I know I sent you a quick little email, but we just thought it was just so fabulous what you had shared that we wanted to give you a shout out on the show. So I, gosh, you know, if anybody needs any further lessons on complimentary colors, you could just con- contact Donna because she's got yeah, it. It is. It's so beautiful. I just was like, oh, this is just, she's done such a beautiful job. Yeah. I was so struck with it. Really yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And the different, you know, a, a twall. And she has and some then, nice moldings in her house too. Did you notice that with the window? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're going to be talking about that in an upcoming episode, but yeah, Donna has some really lovely moldings. Her whole home is just beautiful and the color scheme gorgeous. Um, okay, so as the title indicates, we are going to talk about painting a fireplace today. And this is a listener question from Teresa S. Teresa sent us some photos of this very lovely, it looks like a sort of a family type room with a television, big television in it. And she has a one whole wall is brick and there's a fireplace in the center of it. Uh, so like the, the hole for the fireplace, but the, the entire wall is, is brick mm-hmm. uh, with a rather chunky, a kind of rustic looking piece of wood as the mantle TV above it, some wires going on two um, openings on either side of the fireplace that look like maybe they were intended to be for logs. Mm-hmm. And, um, a long mantle all the way across. Right. That's why I said the long rustic oh, wood mantle. Sorry. Yeah, but it and, goes yeah all the way. Like it's the whole wall, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole wall of the, the one end, the shorter end of the room. The rest of the room has comfortable seating, some leather seating. It also is, um, I wouldn't really call it shiplack. It's, it's not as rustic as shiplack, but it's like a wood paneling, which is really very nice. And it's kind of like an, a light color. It could almost even be a whitewash, I believe. What do you think, Anita? It's or hard to tell from the picture. Wood. It's hard to tell. But mm-hmm. so it's but it's very light wood. And the brick mm-hmm. right now is various tones of brown, sort of a taupe and white. So, mm-hmm. and a dark grout. So it's, it's very busy uh, where the brick is involved. And then the mm-hmm. ceiling is also planked. Uh, so that's what we're looking at at Teresa's family room. And she wants to know about painting her fireplace. Yeah. I say I think you're going to paint it, girl. You yeah. Paint I think, it. I think we're in agreement there. That would probably be a great idea. It's really, this is an entire wall of the room. So painting it is going to have a huge impact on how it looks. And I know you have a whole plan, Kelly, so go for it. Yeah. Well, I took the whole room. There are two photos. So the first one, I'm just looking at the the wall with the fireplace and the TV and those um, 
open boxes, which have no covering on them. They're just bricked inside. And then there's a little hearth. Maybe it's like three bricks high and then some stone across. And then when I looked at the next picture and I got to see the walls, there's a lot of windows and doors, which is so there's a lot of natural lights. It's it's a very bright room. And then, as I said, all this uh, wood paneling on the walls and then on the ceiling. Because initially when I first saw the uh, photo that was just the brick wall, my thought was, well, paint it white because it looked kind of dark and it brightened it up. But when I look at the whole room, what I would do, Teresa, is I would paint that brick a matte black. Really? I would. And then I would paint the, the paneling in a very nice soft white. I would paint the, the brick the black because you've got a very big TV there and there looks like there's going to be no good solution with these wires that I'm seeing running across the mantle and down the side because you'd have to go into the wall mm-hmm. to make that work. And I don't know you know, if you're going to want to go through that trouble or if you're going to have the budget for that. This way, the TV would just fade into the the brick and you would mm-hmm. still have the textured feel of the brick. And then maybe you do, uh, you know, I'm not sure how, how I feel about the wood mantle staying the brown at that point. You might want to think about some, doing something else with that. And I would take the screen off, the brass screen. I would probably take that off the fireplace and just leave it open. I don't know mm-hmm. if this fireplace is gas or whether it's real logs because I don't mm-hmm. see logs on either side. So I'm thinking it's a gas. So those two openings, one of which has nothing in it, and the other one looks like it has um, audio equipment in it, like a stereo and maybe a speaker or something like that, I would put two large ferns or something with a pop Mm -hmm. of color that's organic that will soften it up. And -hmm. you could, now that we've done our extensive review of faux plants, you could even do a faux plant. But I think real plants would do beautifully in this room, particularly a fern, even though it's tucked into those little um, recesses because there's so much natural light. And then I would uh, and I would take the painting down that you have next to the television. And on either side of the mantle, I would put something big. Um, Anita probably has ideas of what she'd put. Maybe it, uh, lanterns or big candles or something like that. Right. But side. right now it's just one painting on one side or one piece of artwork, I should say. So it feels a little off balance. Mm-hmm. So I am definitely of the mind, take that down and either put something similar on both sides, something of similar height on both sides, or don't you put anything there at all? Yeah. I think I would like some mm-hmm. symmetry there, you know, and you could some probably, balance. yeah, you could probably, there, it's so wide, everybody. Mm-hmm. And the TV, even though it looks like a large TV, it's still got a lot of room on either side. So you could probably put three things on either side and do sort of a little, you know, like a vignette, maybe like a lantern and something else. And, you know, I probably wouldn't do artwork. I'd probably do something like candlesticks or lantern, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't do artwork. I wouldn't do anything hanging on the brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, agree. And then I like the idea of, you know, painting the rest of the room this uh, light white. You could leave it the the wood it is, but I can't tell whether or not, you know, that is, as I said, whether it's stained uh, like a whitewash or whether or not, you know, you intended to paint it at some point. If you left the the fireplace mantle 
as it is, it would match the beam that's running across the top. So maybe I would leave the beam then that mm-hmm. color that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it, even the room has so much natural light. It does have this rustic feel to it. Don't you think, Anita? Oh yeah, it definitely does with the, well, and I think you'll still keep that with the brick, but right. if you do all black on there, it's definitely going to give it a contemporary feel. So you just want to make sure that's what you want. Yeah. I don't even, but mm-hmm. you know what? I don't even know if it's going to feel that contemporary. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it can be like farm, modern farmhouse kind of feel. Oh, well, it's possible. Yeah. yeah that's true. We don't really know what the rest of the house looks like as far as what mm-hmm. style it is. Mm-hmm. But my, my thought with the black is just to have the TV fade away. Well, you will get that from it. Now, I mean, and my feeling is, um, mm, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what you're doing with that. You're kind of, the, the TV is going to, you're not going to notice it now if you mm-hmm. paint that black. So I, I see where you're going there. And I think, I think that would be a good idea. Probably if I did that, I would probably prefer the walls to be painted a little bit darker then. So there's not okay. too much of a contrast, but that's yeah. me. That's yeah, my yeah. idea. What would mm-hmm. you do with the walls then? I would paint them a darker color. So there's not, I don't, I don't want to see a big contrast in the color of the fireplace with the side walls. Okay, so, so like a gray, like maybe a gray or a grige, but something dark. Yeah, uh huh. I mean, I I'd think have that to could see. be really pretty too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a dark gray, not a yeah, one of those kind of gunmetal grays that we've talked about. Oh, like a, the the Kendall charcoal or something like that. Yes, 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 exactly. I think that could be really beautiful, and, and the room could carry it because of, I mean, there's because all the so windows. many windows and doors. I think there's two sets of French doors on one side. There are two thin rectangular windows. It's got lots of light. Yeah. And then another whole bank of windows on the other side. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's other than the brick wall with the fireplace, all the other walls are windows. Right. Right. So I, I don't know. That's kind of my thought. I, I mean, it's really, it's just kind of, I think their preference. Okay. So those are the thoughts, um, stylistically, if you will, but then in particular, no matter what color you decide to paint the brick, I think, do, do you agree, Anita, like that needs to be painted, right? I think it's going to, I think she's, I think Teresa's is going to be happier with it if it's painted. Yeah. It's just super busy uh, mm-hmm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure like how, what the age of that brick is, but it's, mm-hmm. I've really never seen a brick like that. But it's, I think she's going to really like it. It's a beautiful room. It's got lots oh, it's of details, lots room. of windows. Yeah. So I think it'd be great. I think so too. So, in the particulars of actually painting a fireplace brick or brick, a brick wall or anything like that, many of you have asked this question. So let's just go through what would you do? Well, depending on uh, the condition of the room, uh, I'm sure Teresa's room is, you know, it looks beautiful and I'm sure her house is neat and tidy. But if you're moving into a house and you're not sure whether or not how neat and tidy the person was, I would highly suggest that you really clean the brick. And even if it's just used from a fireplace, there will be soot, there'll be dust, to really clean it before you paint it. So um, you can vacuum it, you can use a wire brush to get any of the the soot or anything that might have gone into sort of the little crevices or inside the mortar. And you could even spray it with any kind of cleanser that would be a degreaser and just really just kind of, as best you can, clean it all up. And then I would suggest a stain blocking primer um, or a primer that's made specifically for concrete or masonry. There are certain ones on the market that are just for that. Mm-hmm. 
it's because there's particularly in Teresa's, there's a lot of different colors. So the paint might take differently. And especially if you didn't go with a dark color and you went with a light color, there's browns, dark browns, and the grout is really dark. So you'd want to put some sort of primer on there. So every, when you put your final coat on, there's not mm-hmm. any colors bleeding through. Um, and then you'd want, and when you're painting it, you'd want to use a brush for the grout. And I would probably go th- over all the grout first if you were painting this yourself and do that um, with, the, with the primer and then paint everything over with the primer on the actual bricks. And you could use a roller for that. And you should probably use a small roller, so maybe like a six and a half inch roller with some sort of nap to it. You know, that's like the, the fuzzier looking ones, like almost like the um, shearling-ish look of the little rollers. So you'd want at least a half inch nap. So that way it will get into all the nooks and crannies because you don't want to be painting and then you have to keep going over it. Um, and so those would be my suggestions as to how to approach actually painting it. You can use an, an acrylic latex paint as your, um, you know, your finished layer of paint. It doesn't necessarily have to be a high heat paint, uh, unless it's inside the firebox because you know, the outside brick is not going to get that hot. Uh, and I would suggest not doing anything shiny. I would do a, a mat or, you know, as close to a flat as you mm-hmm. can, because you don't want to see a lot of, I mean, there are, it's, it's pretty, but there are imperfections in, you know, the brick and there's like the grout. There would be very, it might be too busy if you're seeing it in sort of a lacquer or a semi gloss. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a lot of information. <laughs> Did I wow you? Did you do I'm impressed. Else? I'm well, impressed with your knowledge. I've done this before and this is what I would suggest. Um, so we can put links to the different things that you might need for that. But I, I mean, you could do it. I mean, so obviously you could hire someone, but you could do it in a weekend. And I think it mm-hmm. would be, no matter what color you chose, I think you'd be really happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great. Yeah. So I, good luck with that, so. Teresa. Yes. Uh, a lot of people have asked questions about that. And I did paint my brick fireplace when we lived at our former house. And it was that very orange, not very interesting new brick. And oh, okay. Wow. What a difference that made. Right. And now she was talking about, I'm just reading this email again, about lightening it up. So mm-hmm. she may not want to go black on this wall. Uh, but if you, if um, Teresa, if you do a light color here, I would suggest that you're probably going to have to make more of an effort to hide the, the cords uh, from the TV. You might be able to go behind the brick somewhere. Uh, and it probably is not as expensive as you think it's going to be. Uh, we've had this done before and it was not, it was not an expensive thing, uh, to have done where you just kind of hide them, uh, maybe go in behind the wall there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's something that you could do too. I mean, but, but if you do go lighter, the contrast with the TV is going to be a strong contrast because the TV is obviously black when it's off. And so just keep in mind, you know, if that's something that, that you're okay with on there. So, I mean, that certainly you do not have to go dark on that if you wanted to go lighter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you went with, you know, um, in the white even, it would be very, very pretty. It mm-hmm. gives the room a different feel. I think the white would be, it gives it more of a cottagey look. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you could for sure do that. Or you could do a, some sort of gray would be really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just jumped at the black because I, I – well, first of all, I love that look. I think it's so clean. And I think it I, would just – Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that would be a lovely look. 
And I think maybe we gave her something, you know, to think about that maybe she hadn't considered. Yeah. So I let Teresa know that we were going to answer our question today. So after she hears this, so when it comes out, then uh, you can always email us again, my dear, and uh, let us know what you think of our ideas. And yeah, and thanks so much for sending in your question, Teresa. And if you've got a question or a tip that you want to share with everyone, please send it in to us, decoratingtipsandtricks at gmail.com. We love, love, love hearing from you. We love seeing your pictures. We're so excited with all your success. And if you have a conundrum, we're here to help you get through it. And as always, remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.